just started it. Blog Talk Radio. Can you hear us? Oh, now I can hear you. Gotcha. Hello. Hi, Ampo. Hey, Kathy. Right. Hey, Doc. How are you? We're fine. How are you? Hello, family. Happy tree. Family family. Happy family. Hello, Phelan. How are you? How Blog Talk works. I'm doing great. It is so wonderful to hear you guys. Uh, Dr. Gibson and Kathy, hey, it's so wonderful to have you all oh, on the on the call oh, tonight. Love Thank love you for, for coming. Like oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. How have you been? Sometimes. I've been doing Bye-bye. well. I've been well. Good. <laughs> well, Doc, she's been doing excellent. She had four teeth pulled out and was having a conversation the next day. Four five, teeth. actually, five. Five, five teeth. of them. See?
And then we picked the Starbucks, a very public place, and we sat down for the first time, and I found that this man, you could talk to him about anything. And he was so interesting to talk to, and that's how our relationship began. So we did not a hospital. He actually, when he was writing the book, The Living Soul, he wanted me in the book. I wasn't there at the time he was doing his residency. Uh, He wanted me in the book because I was different than most of the other women that he had met, uh, and he wanted to make sure that he honored me in the book. So he wrote me as a character in the book. Now, some of the experiences that I had in the book are true. It's just it wasn't at that time in place like it was in the book. But the experience was true. And that's really how we met. We met online. We didn't meet uh, at the hospital. Gotcha. So what 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 yeah, my man from Ohio say, Roger Troutman, computer love. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Let me ask you this one real fast, Kathy. What was the experience if um was the experience with the Jaunty true for you, um, as described in that book? And if not, then that's fine. If 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 what was your first spiritual experience after coming in contact with Dr. Gibson? Uh, Actually, that was probably one of the very first experiences I had was uh, with the Jaunty as well as the Medicine Buddha. Uh, The Medicine Buddha dropped in on me uh, to check me out to see what was going on. And uh, since I've been with Dr. Gibson, my evolution has been uh, magnified uh, almost exponentially. Uh, for my growth uh, because of him, because of his uh, high energy. So in order for us to grow together, my energy had to be increased. And the powers that be decided to go ahead and give me that exponential growth. So my growth over the last 11, 12 years has been phenomenal. If I was mm-hmm. sitting for uh, all the experiences I've had since being with him, uh, it would take several shows. But right. the, but the one with the Jaunty and the Medicine Buddha were both profound, and that really uh, changed the way I look at reality by dealing with those beings. Mm-hmm. Now, now, were were you at like at home, away from Dr. Gibson? You still, y'all, y'all still not together? And then you get this, you get this visitor that disappears. Yes. Okay. I get a visitor that's just looking at me, and mm-hmm. uh, it startled me. Uh, I had had some spiritual experiences before uh, with the Creator Himself, so I was not afraid because someone was looking at me. It was just I wasn't familiar with this being that was looking at me, so I quickly called him on the phone to find out what was going on, and he says it was the Jaunty just dropping in to take a look. Mm-hmm. So that... Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sound like that's as explained in the book, right? Yeah. Okay. Like gotcha. I said, most of the experiences in the book are real. It's just I wasn't at that time and place. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sister Phelan. Oh, thank you, Um, Pope. um This question is for both Kathy and Dr. Gibson. Um, what frame of mind or what state of mind, what state were you in mentally and spiritually um, before you guys met, like, did you prepare, like, 
were you seeking a, a mate, and did you did you go through a process of preparing yourself for that mate, or what? You know, what what kind of state of mind were you in before you guys met? Well, for myself, uh, I've been married once before. I was married for 16 years uh, prior to meeting Dr. Gibson, and uh, it was during a period after my divorce, about two years, where I spent really trying to get to know who I am and what I was wanting in a mate. And I found that the more time you spend alone, and I would re- ask everyone if you're, you've been in a relationship and you're looking, uh, it didn't go well and you're looking to get back out there, take some time. Don't just jump right out to the next person. Take some time to get to know who you are so that you can evolve. And that way you can draw the type of person that you're looking for. Had I just gone from divorce straight into dating again, I would not have been prepared to meet someone like Dr. Gibson. I had to get to know who I was, get to know the Creator, and find out what He had in store for me in order for me to raise my vibration to be able to accept someone like Dr. Gibson. So I would say your mind has to be uh, where you have developed yourself to the point where now you're ready for a relationship, not necessarily looking for one, but you're ready for one, and there's a big difference between the two. Hmm. Wow. 16 years. Well, for me, um, I had been online, and I had met uh, a number of women, and I had been married uh, from from 1990 to 1994, and I had been single for the better part of a decade, and I had promised myself that I'd never get remarried. I was going to be wow. single the rest of the But during the time that I was dating, I realized that you can get very lonely in your life uh, living by yourself. I lived by myself for actually most of my adult life. And I realized that if, you can, if I continued to live by myself, I was going to be a very unhappy person. And holidays in particular were very hard because I had a big house. I still have a big house, but... When you're in a big house and holidays come around, you see families shopping and being together, and you go home and you you got your dinner and you got your TV. After a while, even though I was a bachelor, I was having fun, that gets lonely. I also realized that I wasn't really contributing to the uh, life and development of any child that I was close to, and that bothered me. Uh, I felt that a man with the gifts that I have and the resources that I have I should at the very least be helping at least one child in the world with some of those gifts, and I wasn't. And so I decided to go back online, and I changed my profile so that it didn't look like somebody was looking out to just date or be with people. I wanted to find an evolved woman, and I wanted to find a woman who accepted me as a spiritual being, knowing that I wasn't Christian, knowing that I had spirituality at the core of my being, and would accept a spiritual process of growth and evolution with me as part of our life path. And I was very, very particular on my uh, profile at looking for that. As a matter of fact, on my profile I put some quotes by Khalil Gibran, which Kathy actually knew. And it was sort of a screening test for women. If a woman didn't know who Khalil Gibran was, I kept going. (laughs) But I could tell person was truly serious about their spirituality, and I found a woman who was. And the rest is history. 
do do you two have um children together and how long have you been together if you don't mind me asking we don't have any biological children kathy had children from her first marriage and they were very young uh we've been we we met 12 years ago we've been married 9 years Can you? Can I ask a question? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Fiona. So, can you define soulmate and twin flames, and would you consider you all as those? A soulmate is a being that is created at the same time you are, and it is very difficult for a human being to meet a quote-unquote soulmate. You can meet people that you're sexually or emotionally or Uh, intellectually compatible with but a soulmate has the same soul that you do the same person except in a different body and it's a person that you usually incarnate with over and over and over again but you may not ever meet them physically enough to know that you've done that incarnation process with them a twin flame is somebody that's very similar except that they have similar uh spiritual attributes and spiritual uh needs <clears throat> so the two of those together Uh, in Kabbalah they teach that when you meet your soulmate you can become truly enlightened and that only the creator can determine when a person is ready to meet their soulmate it's considered to be uh the supreme blessing hmm hmm that when, when you say you share the same soul let's go out let's let, let's go out let's go out let's go out of earth let's go let's go on that travel with the jaunty You're seeing what modern science call quasars. He's showing you 617 facets. Are these same 617 facets being shared by two beings? No, the soul like any other aspect of your being has the capacity to divide. So, if you when you when you're a person being born, you start out as one cell. That one cell becomes two, that two becomes four, and eventually it becomes over 10 trillion cells. Well, the capacity for a cell to divide is a remnant or a replica of the soul's ability to divide. One soul can become two, two can become four, uh four can become trillions of souls. And each of us have duplicate souls out there that are the same as us. Except most of the time they incarnate in different regions of space and different uh areas of space-time. Gotcha. Gotcha. In the gotcha. same way that we think we're the only planet in the universe, we also tend to think that we're the only soul in the universe and nothing could be further from the truth. Right. Right. Now, now, now speaking of planets, let me ask you as a as a professional astrologer who won the highest award from the American Federation of Astrologers. What was it? Four years in a row? Three? Three or four? Two years in a row. I quit after that. Two years. Right, right. Could you want to give other people a chance to win how gracious of you? Um Three years in a row and I didn't get <laughs> what is a classic astrological indicator between two people that you think that is um a good representation of soulmate energy? Haven't found one. Haven't found a good wow. consistent. Okay. I don't think it exists in the mundane chart. What I've wow. seen though are six star representations of what might be an indication of a person's compatibility in particular the position of the fixed star regulus the position of the fixed star atria mm-hmm. position of the uh the fixed star mesar 
when they when people have those within a one to two degree orb, especially of Venus or especially of their rising sign, um, that really helps. Okay. But Regulus and Atria uh, are the two probably most important. Okay. Go ahead, Elon. Um. But what would make uh, a young lady continue in a relationship? Well, let me go to my first, the first question I was thinking of. So you talked about the soul flame and the soulmate and the twin flame. So that means, according to how you explain it, that means that there are many. We have many, many soulmates. No, there's not one. There's not one person to one person. Like. We have many potential soulmates, but most of them may not be on this planet. A lot of them may be children. A lot of them may be older than you are. To meet one who is your same age in the same country that speaks the same language is difficult. Mm. Okay. And also on the same planet, let's not forget that. There are literally <laughs> billions of planets in our galaxy alone, and there are billions of galaxies. So it may be that your soulmate may not even live in your solar system. And still, there may be billions of them. So do you, are you and Kathy, would you consider your bad soulmate? We have been incarnating together for thousands of years. I would most definitely say that. It was just, it was divine intervention that we found each other. For us to be on the same planet at the same time in the same city, um, and to be relatively the same age, that was God's doing. Wow. Gotcha. Let me ask you this, Doc. In, in, in straight relation to that, great question, Delon, because I was about to get back into that aspect right there. What, 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 what experience, if you had any, what spiritual experience have you had to validate the the history of you and Kathy? <laughs> or was it just a feeling? Say again? Or was it just a feeling or just a knowing? We've had more spiritual experiences than we could count. And a lot of the spiritual experiences uh, are pretty supernatural. <laughs> they don't really go into what you would call normal man and woman stuff. I'm going to let Kathy tell you one of them. Anyone you like. Come on, Kathy. And we heard, Kathy, we heard you speak different languages now. <laughs> I've shown that I have that ability, uh, but that hasn't been a conscious effort on my part. Uh, we have had some uh, pretty profound experiences together. Um, we have had uh, visitors come and, and say hello. I'll give you an example. We were talking about one of the uh, creator gods, a god by the name of Una. And we started to um, do a ritual for Una, and he decided to come and say hello. Now, he chose, uh, while I was, we were, we always talk a lot while we're laying in bed, and I was just kind of sitting there thinking, and Mitchell had started to go to sleep. And I think I started nodding off, but I was startled by the uh, blinds in our bedroom. We have probably 10 windows in our bedroom, 
and the blinds all started fluttering very quickly. And then they all went up, up to the top, and I could see outside. But outside it was dark, but it all, all, all of a sudden became very bright outside, really bright light. And I started seeing this being started floating. And from a distance, he looked like uh, our representation of Jesus Christ. He had the long hair, white robe, and he started floating toward our window. And I was like uh, trying to nudge Mitchell to wake up, and uh, the being just kept floating. All of a sudden, there was a helicopter that was flying with the news media and the neighbors coming outside to see what was this bright light and why was it heading toward our home. And the being floated straight into uh, our bedroom, and he just stared at me, and he says, I just wanted to stop in and say hello, because the night before I said it would certainly be nice if you would stop and say hi. And uh, I tell you, it was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. And he just kind of looked at me and looked at Mitchell, and he just said hello, and then kind of flew back out the window, and uh, when I shook Mitchell after he had left, uh, it was just amazing. He didn't feel anything, didn't know he was there, but uh, it was totally real to me, and I know that he was there, and I don't know where the helicopter and the people came, and I think my mind just brought those in there to make it so I wouldn't be afraid, but when you have a creator God who creates other gods come in and say hello, it kind of takes you back a little bit. But we've had many experiences like that, and that's just one of them. Wow. Doc Doc was over there snoring. He wanted to see who were these humans that were calling his name and asking him to come by and say hi, and he decided to stop by and say hello. Wow. Yeah, I was knocked out when that happened. But about two weeks later, I had an experience where I was between being asleep and being awake in a period in a state that seemed like lucidity. Uh, and I realized that I was wide awake, but I was looking out through my third eye vision. And this, the wall next to the door uh, leading out to the hall opened up. And... Uh, a light space formed in the space where the wall used to be, and the same being floated out of that space. And then his, his, his visage transformed so that I just saw his head, and they don't believe in personal space, so his head was like maybe a foot away from my, his, my face, and he just looked at me um, and smiled. And I knew who he was, I knew what his name was, and I felt him probing and scanning me. And uh, after about a minute or so, uh, he smiled again and said, uh, I think he said, uh, you are fine. And then he just went back through the space, the wall closed back up, and and that was it. And Kathy was asleep doing the whole thing. Otherwise, I would have nudged her and said, sweetheart, look at this. But I couldn't. I couldn't move. And that was one experience that we had that we both shared. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. <clears throat> Amazing. What what would you say is the um what what what's what's what is the key ingredient that you think is very important in this day and time for couples to practice far as um just really strengthening their relationship or something that you two do 
that is like the core essentials of um, you guys' relationship? I would say the core um, thing that we do together is we talk. Uh, having conversations with him is uh, very, very fulfilling. And we are able to create a lot of things from our conversations. In fact, that is the main reason why we have so many products on our site is because of the conversations that we have had while we're laying in bed. It is um, the place that we both our energies come together and then we are better than either one of us apart. So our energy, when it mixes, makes us stronger. And that's since our relationship. Uh, the meditations that we do, the mantras, the the general uh, thing that we do on a daily basis, our routine, those things help build our relationship and keep us strong. I mean, we are around each other almost 24-7 because we work together and then we're home together and we are always together. So we have to have a, some common ground. But we also have learned to give our, each other a little bit of space so that uh, we don't crowd each other. And that way we can both be supportive of whatever endeavors that we choose to get involved in. But I believe that us talking, uh, the communication that we have is the main thing that keeps us strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also believe, and I, I agree with everything Kathy just said, I also believe that it is important to have similar spiritual goals and to talk about those goals honestly. We, we notice a lot of couples when they're together, one person's working a path and the other one, if they're lucky, is just letting them work the path and saying, that's okay, I don't have to do it, but you go ahead. And that is a recipe for one or both of you being really unhappy deep down, that if both of you aren't doing your work and if both of you aren't talking about your work, eventually it's going to come between you. And we talk every day, we talk every night, and what she said about talking about your goals and talking about your process is extraordinarily important. It's not something that should be taken for granted. So if your mate doesn't want to work with you, that is a problem in the relationship because two people working together is better than one person working alone. But if one person's working, the other person just watching, that's not a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of spiritual relationship that will lead to growth. That person would be better off alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me let me get one more in, Ceylon, because I I know we, I don't want to segue into something else real fast. When when if pressure exists between you two, um, and she getting on my nerve, he getting on my nerve. Does that exist? And if it does, at times, what is your method of dissolving that type of energy? Damage oh, control. We're a couple just like anybody else, and their male and female energies are not going to make that all the time. So he's going to have his opinion, and I'm going to have mine. But what we found is that if you uh, just step away from each other for a moment and really look at what you're arguing about, uh, you'll find that it's not worth it. It's, it's, we've learned to just put our our eagles aside and be able to come back together and, and talk about it uh, very calmly uh, and find out what each side has as far as their view on the situation and compromise. We have learned to compromise over the last 12 years uh, better than anyone. And I find that if you 
take the word I out of it, and that's generally how arguments start, I this, I that, uh, and put more we back into it, then you'll find that what you were arguing about wasn't very important at all, and you can just let it dissolve. But you can also look at look at the other person's point of view and try and understand where they were coming from, and then you're able to uh, have a more joyous relationship than just going your separate ways. It's always best to come back together. Another thing that I've discovered and something that we made a profound um, sort of about face and understanding about relationships is that if we watch a movie that has a lot of chaos in it, or whatever reason we allow, allow ourselves to curse, or if we allow ourselves to go too long without having sexual relations, that builds up an energy of chaos between us. So if, if we find ourselves allowing a lot of chaos into our lives, then that chaos will become an argument. It will become a fight. Usually if somebody curses just because they're angry and they let that, they let that cursing continue, you can almost guarantee within two or three days you're going to have an argument. But if you learn to control that and learn to control what you watch in the movies and what you listen to in music, what you allow in your mental and spiritual diet, then the chaos is greatly diminished. And you don't have to face as much of that energy in the form of an argument, uh, and your life flows smoother. But it really does depend on how much chaos you allow into your life and into your consciousness and into your speech and into your thoughts. Gotcha. Elon, it's all yours. Thank you. Um, this question is for both of you all. Can you explain to me what happens when we do have sexual relations? Like some some people will say after that, oh, I'm so in love. And then they could be so in love with the next person that they have sex with. Can you tell me to understand your definition of love and being in love and falling in love and taking care, this is a broad, this is a big question, but taking care of your soul and taking care of your um, your, your mate's soul? Well, I think, Ceylon, it's... Uh it's important to understand that when you're out having sexual relationships with with different people, uh, that you are creating what's called nadies between the two of you or the three of you, however many it may be. But those nadies, which are spiritual cords, are between whenever you share fluids with another person, you are creating these nadies between the two people. And if you're having sexual relations with more than one person, then you're creating more nadies between you and another person. What happens is that you're going to be tied with that person, uh, both mentally and also sexually. You're having that energy come into your life, which is why you have to be very careful when you're out dating and getting physically involved with individuals, because uh, you don't want to create a lot of these nadies with other people. Whatever they're experiencing, you might experience in dreams uh, because you might end up having nightmares because the person that you were sleeping with might have had a lot of chaos in their lives and that they're bringing on to you. So this, you're drawing in karma with that individual, and that's not a good thing to have. You should limit the number of people that you're going to have 
sexual relationships with. Now, if a person is saying that they slept with this person and they're in love and then they went and slept with this other gentleman and, and they're in love with him too, well, they're not in love with the people, they're in love with sex, which is totally different. What love is is when you can set aside what you want for the other person. It's called unconditional love, where you accept the person for exactly who they are and not try to change the person that they are or the person that you want them to be. Because at the core of a person, their character is the person that's going to be there. Now, we can all dress up and, and smile and have that wonderful conversation while you're at dinner and, and everything's going great, but if at the core of the person they're just putting on an act, it's eventually going to come out and you're going to see that person for who they are. What happens is people want to try and change a person to become that perfect person that they're looking for, uh, and that's just not going to happen. It might work for a little while, but eventually that person's character is going to come out, and you'll find that you're not going to be interested in that person the way that they are. So be very, very careful while you're out there dating. Make sure you're not sharing your fluids with a bunch of other people because you're bringing in some very, very negative karma for yourself as well as uh, ties with them with these cords that eventually are going to have to be broken for you to move on with your life. So just be careful. Okay, Dr. Well, one of the things that we see a lot of in, in consultations are people who are struggling to be successful in life, people who don't have enough money, people who are unhappy, people who say they reach a certain amount of uh, success in life and then they can't go any further. Well, one of the reasons we reach that plateau is because we develop, if we're not careful with our mating practices, we develop spiritual connections between ourselves and a lot of other people. And those connections can either hurt you or hinder you depending on the character of the relationship. If for some reason we choose to have a lot of uh, physical contact with people and share a lot of our body fluids and create a lot of the connections that Kathy mentioned, and then we end those relationships, Quite often the people that we end the relationship with are still in it at the subconscious level. They haven't let you go. And because they haven't let you go, they will continue to hold on to you spiritually so that when you try to get a new job, try to move on to a new relationship, try to advance in your life, part of the wall that you're experiencing is the energy of the people that you let go of holding you back. So that over time... Wow. Whenever you want more in life, one of the things we see over and over and over is those people you thought you had let go of still have that little tether and hook into you that they're using to try to control you at the unconscious level. And how do you know which people are doing that? If you, if you can, watch your dreams. There are people that show up in your dreams from old relationships that are still carrying on a relationship with you in the astral world. You're still sleeping with some oh. of them, talking with some of them. The people you dream about frequently are the people you're in a relationship with. If you find that over time uh, that these people are recurrent, then those are relationships that you've got to deal with at some level uh, in the physical world. You've got to let that person go. And then it's easier to find a, a greater modicum of success. Love comes in when you find a person that you're willing to let go of your hidden agendas with and just be totally open and real and, most importantly, vulnerable with that person. 
to give that person your weaknesses and your strengths. That was a jewel right there. How do you cut those ties then? How do you how do you get rid of those attachments? Well, the, well if the person is alive, it's important to talk to them. Okay. Talk and with tell them, them to let you go? Yeah. To talk with them about your feelings for, you, for their feelings for you and your feelings for them. And specifically to let me go. Specifically ask them to let you go. That's right. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Then if they choose not to let you go to hold on to you, then you need a a cleansing and a then you need a cleansing or cord cutting. Because that person doesn't mean you any No, I'm sorry. If they if if they decide they don't want to let you go after you request to be let go, then you need to do a cord cutting or cleansing. Okay. Because otherwise that person will continue to hold on to you and not try to let you advance. Hmm. Hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. He gave a technique out on one of the shows, you know, on that um that cord thing, you know. Um, let, let me ask you this, Doc, or both both of you. Um, I assume, well, let me, I assume both of you um, obviously pray together, you go to the altar together, um, and just being, um, being initiated by you two, what is the force of energy that you two are, I don't want to say harness, well, let's say harnessing, um, that you're passing through um, the initiates, particularly I'm talking about the word of power. Um, and I just say I speak of me. I heard other people have the same story. But the, the surge of energy that's coming in my head, what is that from you two? It's coming from the part of us that is not human. Part of us is human and part of us is not. Each of us is a dual being. When we do the empowerment with the words of power, we step aside from our human selves, and what you're looking at are human beings or divine beings in human form. There was a lady that took a picture of us shortly after that, and the picture had us glowing. Our eyes were glowing, our faces were glowing, and there was glow around us. It was like a soft golden energy. And that's because that part of us that is divine steps in and is giving you the energy. There's nothing to do with the human part of who we are. The implements that we use are ancient implements that are between six and 8,000 years old. Those implements, even though they look simple, are thousands of years old and they're capable of transmitting the kind of energy that comes out of a human, a divine being in human form. Gotcha. Want to shoot another one, stay long? We go to the lounge real fast. Um, just one other one. I, I think they were talking about it in the, in the chat room about um, you attracting what you really are. Can you can you talk about that? Help me understand your question better. 
um, you know, they say like attract like. And um, you may attract someone you feel like they do certain things that gets on your nerves or you start judging them for certain things. But if they're in your experience, is that a reflection of you? Uh, actually, you're you're correct about that, Phelan. Uh What you're talking about is a person's sown in the vibration that God knows you by, but it's the vibration that attracts other beings or humans with the same vibration. So if a person is uh, dealing with a lot of chaos, then somewhere deep inside they are uh, chaotic as far as where they are spiritually with their growth. If a person is vibrating at a much higher level, it feels like they are light beings, and the vibration is so high that it will not attract lower vibrating beings. It will only attract those who are vibrating at the same or higher. So a light will attract light. Chaos will attract more chaos. So that your sonin is what's important for you to be evolving yourself to have a higher sonin. So the key is if you want to attract higher, uh, more evolved beings is to evolve yourself, is to meditate and pray and do the things that are necessary to uh, transform yourself to a higher level of existence. And when you do that, you're going to start attracting those beings who are already there or higher. So, yes, if if you're uh, finding that you're attracting the wrong type of being and there's something deep down in your unconscious or your subconscious that you need to work on first before you try to start attracting beings or a mate for yourself. Make sure that you are doing all that you can to advance yourself before you start looking to share who you are with someone else. If you're trying to do that while you're dealing with a lot of chaos, then that's the type of person you're going to draw into your life. That's not what you want. That's why I say it's always best that when you're going through some things in life, to go ahead and go through them on your own before you try to uh, get in a relationship with somebody else. And then when you get there, you'll find that they'll come to you. You won't have to look for them. And then in the same breath, if you were to work on yourself to a certain degree, um, then you really wouldn't have to tell somebody to let you go. They would just disappear out of your experience just off of your evolution. That's right. That's right. But you have to be sincere about working on yourself. You can't pretend to be on a spiritual path and expect to have the transformations benefit you. Because dishonesty is also a path. Okay. You want to be as scrupulously honest with yourself as you can when you're on your path. If you if you don't lie to yourself, and other people can't lie to you. Oh, that's they can't lie to you in action, in deed, or in thought. It just doesn't resonate. Now, it's hard not to lie to yourself sometimes, but as you master not lying to yourself, you will find that as people approach you, they will be forced to be more honest, or they just can't be around you. Hold, hold, hold on, Doc. Hold on. Let me make sure I got this right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One person is a compulsive, habitual liar. The other person says this person is a liar. 
that person who's receiving the lies inside of them, they're lying to themselves about something and which is causing this reality to happen. That's right. They're in denial about something. They have to do some serious soul searching to figure out what it is they're in denial about. Is Are they in denial about what they're thinking, about what they believe, about some core attribute in life that they're approaching in a dishonest way? They're being dishonest with themselves about something serious. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. We at 7.53. Um, how long are we going to tonight? Going to eight, <laughs> Kathy said we're going to eight. <laughs> I was gonna squeeze another thirty minutes. I said I, I never. Reason I asked that because I never got back with Kathy on it, and um, I, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't want to open up no lines when we at the last minute. But go ahead, go ahead, Pilar. Oh no, 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 go ahead. Mm, we bounce to the wire well, here. Uh, well, let me ask you this, Doc. Um, I sent you an email of a picture. Were you were you able to view that? That was deep, with those eyes looking out through the cloud. Have you done the work for communicating with the gods yet? Um, I have. I I haven't done that actual work, but of course I have the word and I, and I have it out. Um, but I haven't done that work. But and like I explained in the email, um, wasn't the gods I was really communicating with? Well, you know it, it was. I was going through something in Kabbalah, of course. Uh, I, I was and I wasn't, but wasn't like as in prescribed as, as you gave out through the words of power. What you were looking at is a God looking at you. I don't know why they were looking at you, but they were checking you out. You're not the only person to send me a picture like that. There have been other students who took the Words of Power course that have sent me pictures of beings looking at them from the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That thing was, uh, <clears throat> I was on the phone with you. I said, I almost lost my word, Doc. I said, what the? <laughs> Yeah, friend, I saw. Got him. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Because, you know, it was cloudy that day. It was cloudy. Literally. So what do you think about that? God looking at you? What do you think about that? Oh, Doc, I was... Man, I think it's beyond fantastic. Um, And what I was working on at the time um, was just beyond a divine confirmation that everything that I do and go forward with um is 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 my my divine work I would say everything I do I would say my work and when I'm zoned in on my path that I'm I'm literally on my path and it just served as a confirmation to keep on going for now until I figure out something else that it meant that, that's what I felt from it did I ever tell you who your spiritual parents were well, Doc, you, you did not. If you want to share, I, 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 you can share with the world because I'm an open book. So. Well, it was one of your spiritual parents looking at you. Okay. Now you got to figure out which one it was. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. No problem. <laughs> I, I'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll get it. <laughs> we will definitely get it. Um, okay. All right. Quick question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, um, Dr. Gibson, is there any way we could get above the influence of the planets? Is there any way that, you know, they say because of the planets' um, positioning 
you're going to have this happen in your life at this time in your life. Is there any way that we can go beyond that and get above that influence? You're taking a spiritual course and you're walking a spiritual path. That's how you get beyond the influence of the planets. Mm. Okay. You have to have a teacher guide you to get beyond the influence of the planets. Otherwise, you're going to just be subjected to their energies over and over and over, die and come back. The only way to get off right. that path is to be guided. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love it. Thank you. And you're you. doing Yes, 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 she is. Hardest thing for is. a human being to do in this world is to accept guidance with humility. When you can do that, you can let go of the energy of the planet. But that's the hardest thing for us to do because we want to do it ourselves. We don't want to be humble. We don't want somebody telling us what to do. But in the same way that if you're playing on a professional team, the only way you're going to get to be a good professional or a great professional is to humble yourself to your coach and say, Coach, teach me. And that way you you ascend beyond the normal athlete and you become somebody that people say, that's a great athlete. But you'll find that the greatest of athletes are the people that humble themselves to the teaching that the coach has to offer. The hardheads, people that have the biggest egos, you know, they don't get to be great. Hardly ever. That's the, that's the exception to the rule when they become great. Wow. When you look at, like, a, at the Super Bowl, people who are in the Hall of Fame, a lot of those folks in the Hall of Fame, you hadn't heard of them. But because they were team players. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, any business endeavors, any announcements you have? Any upcoming things? Uh, actually, we're, of course, going to be in New York this weekend on uh, on Saturday. And we'll be at the Meta Center again doing the Living Soul Workshop. Then on mm-hmm. March 3rd, we're going to be in Atlanta uh, doing uh, a conference, uh, Life in Harmony. And mm-hmm. then we're in April, we're going to be in Philadelphia. Come into your right. part of the woods, uh, and we're going to be. I believe that's uh, April nineteenth. Twenty-first. Twenty-first. Yeah. 21st. And then uh, on March, I think this March nineteenth or May nineteenth, we're going to be in Little Rock, uh, Arkansas, in Pine Bluff, uh, doing uh, a workshop for a pastor there. So. We have a lot of things lined up. Some other things will be coming down the pike that we'll make an announcement through our website. Uh, and we're going to be doing um, some uh, live blogs or live video conferencing starting in the month of March. But uh, we'll be sending out an email to all of our uh, followers and allow, allow them to take part in that. Uh, but it will be a great opportunity for people to ask questions uh, to Dr. Gibson, so we're looking forward to doing that starting in March. So uh, check great. the email. Having a lot of announcements great. coming. Great, great, great. Is the spiritual um, is the Living Soul course? Is that full? I heard somebody said that was full. Um, you weren't taking no more students. Is that correct? That's correct. For the moment, uh, we are at capacity right now, and and we have to. Uh, be able to graduate a few more people before we can accept any more new students because Dr. Gibson's time is just very limited and we don't want to start someone when you can't give them the type of time they need when they're first beginning the course. So 
Uh, right now, we're not accepting any students. It's not going to be permanent. It's just going to be for a short while, and eventually, we will open that back up. Okay. Is that for? Is that for? Does that also apply to the primordial healing course as well? No, you can do the primordial okay. healing course at any time. Okay. Gotcha. There it is. Um, I believe that was it. It was truly a a pleasure in in the um, oh, man. happy awesome. Valentine's awesome. Day. You know. Happy Valentine's! Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. Hi, welcome. It was our pleasure to be on. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Y'all have a good night. All right. Thank you thank so you. much. All right. Yeah. yeah. And that was the wonderful Dr. Cassie and Mitchell Gibson. Again, they're coming to Philadelphia. If you're in the Philadelphia area, they're going to be bringing the Spiritual Energy Analysis Workshop with the Aura Machine. Um. That'll be the first time it's coming to the East Coast, if I'm not mistaken. Last time it was up in Wisconsin, so you can get to the East Coast. It's the first time that this one is coming here. So you visit the website, Tybro, T-Y-B-R-O.com. Click on Upcoming Events. Scroll down, you see it. Um, make it happen, man, because seating is, is is limited and whatnot. And, Ceylon, you actually got an aura analysis, right? Yes, I did. How, how, how was that? I heard people in that particular... Um, conference had animal forms inside of their aura. Is that true? Yes, it was. It was. It was incredible to see how when they were scanned, they can check to see which organ was deficient in certain um, deficient of certain uh, energy and certain vitamins. They could see if um, the demons. They could see the demons' faces in the auras, or the or whoever had passed away and attached themselves to you. You could see it in the aura. They could see the the the, the breaks in the aura from worrying and stress. It was it was amazing. Wow! Wow! Now, did everybody get a aura report that was there? No, just the um the the lucky five. They did a raffle, and mm-hmm. I did a word of power. I did one of the words of power before they, when I put my name in, I did a word of power, and I was the first one. <laughs> I was one of the oh, first, yeah. well, I was the first one that they called. And, uh-huh. um, but that was, they had, they gave a full, a full reading and oral analysis for the, the, the five. Right, All right, show you how it worked. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I know what word you was working with. Oh, yeah. 